Yes, folks, it's Thursday. It's 4 p.m. Central. I'm Fred McMurray, and hopefully this is... Yes, folks, I'm not in California. I'm in Chicago. Kristen's not here. Elizabeth's not here. Our guest isn't here, but we're still going to do the show. Ray, take us away. Wow, just like the old days, Fred. It'll be four years in this February, right? February. I was looking at it the other day, which a uh, piece of quick news. We are now on Amazon Music. Mm. So you can just search for Pillars of Franchising on um, Amazon, and you can see all our past uh, past shows. Um, I did notice when I was looking at it and talking back and forth with Amazon about how we get the most out of our Amazon uh, hosting. And it was, I always thought it was February 2nd, but it was actually February 1st we went live. Mm -hmm. So four years February 1st. Wow. And okay. only a handful of misses. And, and wow, that's hundreds of shows. Actually, it's closer to 200 shows. Wow. And not even a heart attack can stop us. <laughs> well, watching you today, I, it's amazing you haven't had more heart attacks, to tell you the truth, <laughs> because you're just, he's just. <laughs> Yeah, somebody, somebody's got to be that way, because if I'm not, then we don't get the show on. So <laughs> it's all good. Well, you know, I, th I think the fact that our guest is not here, it, she would have made an excellent segue into our kind of our topic today. And because of the fact that she was with True Rest uh, Flotation Spas, and that's all about relaxing and taking it easy. And today, <laughs> David's going to talk a little bit. I assume, about uh, eliminating the fear in the business. So, wow. It, <laughs> fear? Fear, fear. 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 Yes. Fear is for the other guy. That was in the movie um, Trading Places, one of my favorite movies. But congratulations, we'll hit four years soon, my friend. <laughs> yes. All right, you take it over. I'm going to go watch crap. He's going to go watch stuff. <laughs> so... Anyway, today, uh, 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 Kristen and Elizabeth are at a businesswoman's retreat. So they're learning how to, I guess, relax. Uh, I assume that's what a retreat is for. I don't know. I've never been to one. <laughs> <laughs> run away, run away. Isn't that a retreat? Never mind. So uh, it's, it's, it's just us guys today. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I started my business, my stomach was in a pretty much in a knot for a couple of years because there's always that fear when you invest everything that you own, every every possible thing that you own in into your business and you're giving it 
110% of, of your, yourself that one little thing can go wrong and it can all disappear. So that's kind of our, our topic today. And of course, we want to talk about a little bit about our mentorship program because we can talk you through these fearful times. And believe me, it's not easy, but if you plan for, uh, for the end, what the end's going to look like, it does get easier. What do you think, David? Yeah, I mean, and that, that's kind of what we, we talk, we're talking about, bringing this up, because, I mean, and, and, and we do have Jerry with us, too. So, you know, between the three of us, hopefully we can provide some real good value to the, to the listeners and viewers out there, because truthfully, if someone's listening to the show and, and they're sitting on the fence or, or they're still deciding, am I going to make this leap or, or what's this leap look like? And you wouldn't be human if there wasn't at least some apprehension, some fear, some what if going mm -hmm. running through your mind and running, running through your soul. So that's kind of what we, I wanted to talk about today, because especially now, right, there's a lot more people entering this potential possibility of going to work for themselves, opening up their own business, having employees for the first time. Yes, they might have been a manager, a midman, middle manager, mid manager in a, in a larger corporation with the team underneath them, sure. But once you're the one writing, putting your signature on those checks and you're responsible for them wholly, that becomes a different deal. But, but really, what I, was, what I really want to do is take it from where they are right now, where, where the potential franchisee, pretend, potential entrepreneur business owner is right now in their mindset. So if you, as a listener or viewer, are anything like I was, you might have some strength of conviction to say, this is definitely what I want to do. And then what happens is you're going to say it to somebody and maybe multiple people. And somebody's going to go, I don't know if that's such a good idea. What if you lose everything? Mm -hmm. And man, that thing hits like a sledgehammer. You could have 30 other people say, that's such a great idea. It's going to be awesome. And then that one person comes and hits that trigger and you have that little seed of self-doubt every single night you go to sleep and every single day you wake up and then you continue to speak to other people about it. And that's where it starts. When I say eliminate your fear, this is what I would call kind of, you know, um, when you're still deciding if this is for you. This is where you have every, everywhere along the line, you want a team, right? In this particular case, that team you want to surround yourself with are people that are going to be very supportive, realistic, but they want you to succeed. And, and, and probably the best people are people that have been there and done that. Too often, somebody wants to go into business for themselves or buy their own business or buy a franchise. They go and speak to somebody who's never done it before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and they get their advice from that person. To me, that's the most insane thing, but it happens all the time because we speak to the people we're most comfortable with and we feel they have our best interests at heart and they do, yep. which is why they'll try to talk you out of it. Right? <laughs> because, because they've never done it. They didn't have the, they didn't have the ambition that you would have. So the first step in my mind is kind of, you know, right in the, uh, in the investigation period, as I call it, the kind of, 
you know, that period of what do I want to do with my future, but surround yourself and speak to the people who have been there and done that, or at least have an interest or have it, have that experience and hopefully success of doing what you want to do. Don't speak to the people who have never done it before. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's so true. I, I, I've mentioned in the show a couple of times that when I started telling my relatives and friends what I was doing and how I was going to do it, they looked at me and said, are you nuts? <laughs> you know, and of course, you have to be a little bit nuts. But uh, I like the saying, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And that, that, that's worked for me, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. Because one of the things I, I think it, it's a good thing to have people tell you that because you do need you can't go and totally overly optimistic you've got to realize that there are some chances and you've got to sort of uh how should i say you know, look at all the things that that could happen to the business and prevent and, and not pre you can't prevent them sometimes but you can you can definitely put in some safeguards to certain things like making sure you have insurance making sure you're you're incorporated you know things like that yeah and maybe even find mentors like here at the pillars yeah so you know and again you make a good point and that, that's kind of leads into what i was trying to say though is is it's great to have that realistic the reality check but make sure it's coming from the right people mm -hmm. so so it's not it's not pie in the sky so I don't, I don't want anyone to misunderstand what i'm saying is is all right take my you know my experience for instance and we can ask jerry how you know what kind of what he went through because i'm sure it's similar but I went there and said, okay, we're going to do this. My wife was on board. We we're both on board. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. When I spoke to other business people, they were cool. And they were kind of starting to guide me. Okay, make sure you do this. Make sure you think about this. Look through this stuff. Um, and then obviously I bought into a franchise. And so that, that gave me that comfort. I just had to follow their systems, right? Um, and I knew they were the, the, the current locations were already successful. So if they could do it, I could do it type of mentality. However... And here's, here's where it comes in. When I spoke to people outside of the business world, those that have only worked for a paycheck or those, those that, you know, don't, that, that look at everything as a huge risk. Personally, I could say working for a company or working for somebody is a huge risk because mm -hmm. anything could happen. But, but a lot of people feel there's comfort in that paycheck. So those are the people that were like, are you sure it's going to be, you know, the restaurants and bars fail a lot, well, blah, 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 blah. Well, okay. But then when I went back to, and I says, okay, where's my support going to come from? What am I really looking at? Then the clincher was, and this is why I, I'm bringing this up is because even though I had full conviction and at this point in time, we had bought the franchise, we had found a location, we had started the architectural drawings. Actually, they were drawn. I mean, we were moving forward. So I was all in. And, you know, we were in, invested. So I go to my boss at my job and I says, look, you know, I have to talk to you. I need to put in a six-month notice. Not this two-week, six-week, six-months notice. Right? <laughs> I, I, you know, the position I was in, I mean, I'm not going to be naive to say, okay, you can replace me in just a couple of weeks. And that's not being braggadocious. It's just the level of what they would have to do to bring somebody to re replace me. So, so six month notice. And I, and I says, and he says, what are you going to do? And I told him, <laughs> I am going to open up a sports bar. 
There was no support there. He went absolutely ballistic on me. He says, are you crazy? You're going to fail within six months. You're going to ruin your career. You're throwing this all away. You're, you just got married. You and your wife are going to be bankrupt. I heard it all in about a, a, a three-minute blitz. I walked out of that office, sat down at my desk. My, my assistant came up and she says, are you okay? <laughs> so I must have been white as a ghost. But that was the biggest sledgehammer to where... If I wasn't so, if I didn't have so many people in, in support at that point in time, everything from the franchisor to, to, to um, my investors, to the accountant, to the attorney, to everybody I'd align myself with, that would have crushed me. There's no question because I sat down and for a brief moment, I went, oh my gosh, what did I just do? But yeah. then I shook it off and you moved forward. So that's kind of the investigation. Jerry, do you have anything similar well to that? Yeah, I was I was letting you wrap up, David, because as you were talking, you know, you talked about fear. And if you you were spot on, if you're thinking of leaving a corporate America and buying a franchise or, or something like that, if you don't have some fear, everybody else should be scared. Your banker, your attorney, your <laughs> wife, everybody should be scared if you're not scared because you don't understand what you're getting into. But the fact is, your fear should drive all of the things that help those fears go away, whether it's research or you know, tag teaming with some uh, industry experts, as you said, the franchisor, mm -hmm. having a great attorney and so on to help guide you. Those things help make fear go away because, you know, they can kind of check the check boxes and make sure that we've got everything covered. I remember, um, as you were telling your story, I remember uh, Mickey and I had great careers and we were, we had our fingers in a lot of other things when we decided to go into Great Clips the first time. And I remember we had some friends over one evening and we, we introduced the concept to them and said we were going to do it. Same thing. They said, well, you don't know anything about hair. What, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And I go, well, the two don't necessarily have anything to do with each other, but we can tie them together if you'd like. Um, but, you know, I explained to them, we have a great franchisor. We've talked to other franchisees and there's super support there and all those kinds of things. And that made a lot of our fears go away. But I remember when we did that, um, it was an eye opening as to how we were going to be perceived by the people that know us best after we make that decision. And now you fast forward and literally our best friends in the world are fellow franchisees because mm -hmm. they live the same life we do. They have the same fears, the same headaches, the same hurdles. And so and I look at it as fun because we connect with people all over the country that we can talk a different language to and really understand we've got a support group. We talk about that every week, the, the support that goes with franchising. And so this whole fear thing is, is just us getting control of the unknown. And once you get that done, everything else is pretty straightforward. You mentioned the word control. Uh, I want you to kind of think back a little bit when you were working for someone else and layoffs started rolling down the hill, you had no control over that, but you still had the same fear, that fear of losing your job. Now, how am I going to support my family? So you decide to buy a business. Okay. Same fear, but what's the difference? You now have, uh, even if it's a small amount, you still have control over what's happening to you. Well, and I'd add something to what you just said, Ray, you know, when you're in business, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the business when you when you work for a business. Mm -hmm. So you have fear, but it's maybe unfounded. But at the same time, you may suddenly get a pink slip uh, the next payday because mm -hmm. they have changed direction or something like that. When you own your own business, 
you should be able to see the warning flags coming up, the warning signs, and then you can course correct. So your fear would guide you to make those course corrections so that you never have to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. losing your business or going bankrupt or any of those other things that your, your friends and peers may try and uh, scare you with because you have far more control over it than you ever did when you had a job. Yep. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that, and that is the key word right there. Control because now you do have control over what's happening to you in your, in your life. And yeah, it, it makes a big difference. And, it really does, and and it's and it's ironic because, it, it, you know, not to get too philosophical, right? The old acronym "fear, false evidence appearing real," and that's what people will, will kind of inject into your in, into your being, into your subconscious, and and all of a sudden you start becoming fearful of something that may or may not ever happen. What's the old thing? Ninety percent of what you worry about never happens anyway, so only worry about what you can control. But, but the whole idea of entrepreneurship. That it recording put in progress into, um that's where all of a sudden everybody started saying well i want to get a job and then we we morphed from i'm going to stay with this company for 20 30 years get a gold watch see you later mm -hmm. bye whatever they kept you enticed just enough to never leave and now it's okay now it's morphed into people are um maybe always looking for a better opportunity right the longevity in each business isn't there and that's fine because everybody should be looking to better themselves and now i think we're enter entering into another age where people now have a taste of a little bit of more freedom and the ability to earn income without having to depend on someone else to write those checks and that's where i believe a whole lot of people are sitting right now and those people unfortunately most of them are conditioned to rely on that paycheck and that's where i feel you know, that fear. And, and we're all going to feel it. If you're not feeling, as Jerry said, there's something wrong with you. Everybody else should be afraid that you're not afraid. But there is there is that little bit uh, of fear. And, and, and the other thing is that fear of failure. Hey, look, none of us were 100% perfect in all of our decision making. There's there's money we've we've lost. There's money we didn't capitalize. There's there's mistakes we've made along the way. But we all but we're all sitting here on this on this call because we recovered from them and we learned from them. Don't ever doubt your own in ingenuity and your ability to overcome. And I think that's the biggest part of when someone's making that transition, they don't believe in themselves enough to say, look, my, my, my guiding philosophy is this. If someone else can do it and they can teach me how to do it, then I can do it. And there's no reason why that shouldn't be anyone else's mindset that's listening to this program right now especially in a franchise situation and especially if you have someone kind of mentoring you along the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, David, you have some brilliant comments there. The entrepreneurship thing over the ages. Yeah. You know, our ancestors, when they got off a boat, they had to figure out if they're going to be a butcher, you know, horseshoe, build horseshoes and shoe horses, um, run a store, uh, be a farmer, some of those kinds of things. So everybody was an entrepreneur back then because mainly it was one or two people working together to make something. And the industrial age changed all that and so on. And uh, so as you fast forward, we've had that bred out of us to some extent mm -hmm. uh, because everybody got used to just going to work for somebody. So now we've created false fear about entrepreneurship because we've got several decades that have passed since that. And er you know, society has become used to everybody just having a, a job. Well, mm -hmm. the fact is, you know, people who do really well most of the time don't have a job. Their job is to create wealth and to create a great career path for themselves and their families by building a business. And if you build it 
through a franchise model, the hard work's already done. You just got to get in and run it and manage it and follow the system, add a little of your secret sauce and work ethic and it'll work. And it gives you the chance to, you know, multiply that by several locations or something like that, which generally in the past, uh, the entrepreneurs that were our ancestors were happy to have one location and just make enough to eat by as they were doing it. So now we've got the chance to, you know, build, as I said, multi-generational wealth and those kinds of things. And uh, that's the beauty of the franchise system. So yes, you're going to have fear. Fear is actually good if you mm -hmm. use it correctly, because it'll drive you to do away with some of the things that cause the fear and it'll make you stronger. And, and David, to your point too, you know, I've learned far more from my mistakes than I ever learned from my successes because, you know, first off, you, if you're like me, you make a promise that'll never happen again. And you <laughs> analyze, analyze it and figure out what you did wrong. So it <laughs> He's giving me the sign here. He wants to do a commercial. So before commercial. we go to commercial, Jerry, I want to go back to what you just said. So are you saying you'd rather have a lot more learning experiences um, in the future or a lot more successes in the future? Can I have both, Fred? Because they kind of go hand in hand. One because the, the old other. saying, <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I believe wholeheartedly is true. <laughs> so you learn from those things and you get better. So the next time you do it twice as good. Go to commercial. I want to finish talking about this. I love Sun Tzu. Awesome. All right, here we go. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? It might be Do you muted. wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital, digital marketing. marketing. With daily, with daily monitoring, monitoring, creative, creative content, content, ad placement, Customer, customer data, data intelligence. intelligence. We'll get, we'll your, get business your business in front of the, front of the people, people who want your products, products or services. Or services. We, also we also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing, marketing for all of their, all their locations. locations. If you're ready, if you're ready, to, ready to reach more local customers, customers give us a call, call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at West... And we're back. All right. I, one, of the, one of the things that this kind of reminded me of, we were talking about fear and it, 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 it comes with the job. But if you think of uh, fear, uh, I'm sure we can, it's not really fear. It, it, there should, should be a better name for it, but it's sort of like a, a violin string, okay? If it's too loose, it doesn't sound right. If it's too tight, it doesn't sound right. So, if you have too much fear, obviously you're going to make some wrong decisions. If you don't have enough fear, you're going to go head, head first into something and, and make some mistakes. So you need to have a little bit of that fear. And, and, and you really, when you really think about it, there wasn't that much different than when you worked for somebody. You know, you yeah. still have that same no, fear. They kept that, they, they tuned you like a fine instrument. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you know, here, here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this at the break. So, okay, I, I think some of us are naturally born with some type of an entrepreneurial spirit, right? So, I mean, I had paper routes. I used to hold carnivals in the neighborhood, all that. So evidently there was something in me, but I really believe the catalyst for everything for me was this. Growing up, 
in a in a, in a in a you know kind of lower middle class whatever. The father was a steel worker. My mother worked a customer service job at, at, a, at a large corporation. And here was the thing: she had four brothers. All of them worked for themselves. They all had their own business. She had one sister. They had their own business. My dad being a steel worker. That was like riding a roller coaster. What I remember as a little kid growing up was if they went on strike, we didn't eat. Who brought us groceries to eat was, was my mother's you know, brothers and sisters feeding us a little bit. You know, they'd go on a wildcat strike. Who knew what, the, what was going to happen with that? Next thing you know, they're fighting the whole bit. Back then, I didn't even know if my dad was going to come home alive with some of those, those strikes with the, with the steelworkers. Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting there going, the impression that made on me was, hold on a second. While my parents are preaching, you know, work for a company, you know, have that stability, this and that, we were the ones that were dependent on the on my aunts and uncles that worked for themselves to kind of support us during those tough times. And I was a young kid, but that made a huge impression on me to say, I always want to be in control of my own destiny. And so it really wasn't difficult for me to leave. And I had a great corporate path right I, i'm not i'm not gonna deny it. i was there seven years and and in another couple of years i'd have been a, a vice president of that company i was with so i had a great path that i gave up there's no question about that as did my wife she was in sales and been with that company for i don't know 10 years or something mm -hmm. so we gave up our careers but the key point was when i was sitting there at lunch with a couple of other buddies and it was an odd question i said what do you want to do you know with your life so to speak and i went weird question since we're on this corporate ladder path I said but I want to own the sports bar I think the thing was it was always I wanted to be accountable for my own success and or failures and I think that that's something that that some, somebody has to have but having said that I knew enough to raise point to say I'm not going to do this on my own I'm going to go seek out people who have already done it and can teach me and shorten my my learning path my, my learning curve and help put the odds more in my favor of success it's not like I was just throwing you know an, an, you know a chip on black and saying spin the roulette wheel and hope I hit right <laughs> I mean I wanted to stack the odds in my favor so mm -hmm. I would recommend then that's why we're so passionate about franchising and also teaming up with someone that can kind of hold your hand through that so it isn't just pie in the sky thought that but somebody can give you the ups and downs the ins and outs and, and help you make those good decisions to put the odds in your favor to eliminate a lot of that unknown, which really leads to fear. Yeah, yeah because you know, in most businesses, there's ebbs and flows in the business cycle. Sometimes the months of the year make a difference depending on what your product and service is. And how, how good would it be? How much fear would be displaced if you had a group of peers who had been doing that business for a period of time who could warn you proactively that January and February are going to be, you're going to lose money. You're, you're, you're going to be on the downside of the cycle. So save some money in the last three months of the year so that you can make payroll without borrowing money as you go through those first two months and those kinds of things. And that's really what you get with franchising that you cannot find with other small business opportunities, because we have not only the history of the franchisor, but all of the history that's cumulative maybe hundreds or even thousands of years, depending on the organization you're with, uh, that have seen the comings and goings of those kinds of things. So in, in one of the businesses I'm involved in, January and February in the Midwest are terrible, terrible. Mm -hmm. yeah. We know we're going to lose money. 
but we know that so we can prepare for it. And then we're not fearful of how we make payroll in those two months because, you know, it, it's kind of like a little orphan Annie, the sun will come out tomorrow, you know? So we know March is going to come and the weather's going to turn around. People are going to start getting out and spending money again and we'll be, we'll be good. So we just have to have enough in the bank from the good months to make sure that we're ready for those two off months. And you just don't have that with other types of businesses. No, that's true. That's true. And, 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 the, and the thing is, you know, I think one of the things that got me in business was, was a little bit of fear because I, I saw what little I had in the way of retirement and approaching at that time, uh, my mid fifties, I thought, you know, I think I want to enjoy myself a little bit more than what I have invested in my retirement account already, you know, and it, it, it just wouldn't be there. So I, I, you know, basically said, okay, let's take all of that and invest it. And I, I thought with, uh, about the end, you know, in, in mind, thinking about how I want to retire and what I'm going to do. And that's what drove me. And so fear to take to fear on both sides of that equation, you know, fear of not having enough for retirement and then fear at the beginning of that. But uh, I, I believe now I'm, I'm able to enjoy the fruits of that. Yeah, and Ray, that's a little bit similar to us. We bought our first location while we both had great, we had great careers like David, great careers. We, we were going to stay there forever. And uh, we bought our first one to supplement retirement so mm -hmm. that we had extra income in retirement. And lo and behold, we did really well with it. So it suddenly became our job, if you will. We decided to quit our real jobs and go forward with that. And uh, look where we are today. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody said, there is no such thing as a gold watch any longer. And uh, no. I think that's because jobs come and go. You, you hear about people hanging on to a job for a couple of years and hopping and hopping and hopping. And, and how, how, you know, people I, I know, and like in my father would have, he was an entrepreneur, but if he wasn't, then he would be uh, definitely relying on that gold watch. He'd be working for some company for 30 or 40 years and, and hoping that, the retirement would, would, would be there when he did retire. And that's another hope that you don't know really exists because there's some companies to say, whoops, sorry, we used all the money for something else. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. But uh, he, absolutely, it's there and there is no gold watch any longer. Not only that, I, I, think, I think this is going to get a little bit off topic, but when, when you're trying to make that shift into, into an your own business franchisee entrepreneur I, I it's a little bit of a financial education too i think a lot of people get hung up on their income and then building into retirement when truthfully truthfully you're you're paying more tax as as a, as an employee than than any other kind of any other person out there i mean there, there, there there's a reason why when you own your own business that it's more beneficial to tax wise um, in, in, in a lot of areas and some things that you can do, but it's making that shift into an entrepreneur. And here's the big thing I want to talk about is everybody looks at an income. Okay. And we all know, as you climb those, those, uh, you know, in, in income, your, your amount of tax that you're paying increases also, which is fine yeah. to a point because you're still growing your income, but you're just growing income. And then if you're saving that money, inflation's going to eat up along the way. So you kind of never get caught up. It's right, the proverbial rat race. Mm -hmm. If you own a business, 
you can still generate a, a good source of income, hopefully replacing your income or doing better, but you're also building value into that business. So while sure. you could take the same amount of income, invest it, however you want to do so for your own retirement, that would be similar to what if you were working, you also now have this asset in an entity that is worth multiples of your earnings that you can sell that you wouldn't have if you just continued to earn an income. Jerry, you and I've spoken about that a couple of times. I mean, the, the asset value is really kind of the cherry on, on the top at the end mm -hmm. of the day, right? Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of sports franchises, right? Everybody goes, oh, these multi-billionaires, blah, blah, blah. And they go, their businesses, they bought it for $300 million, or $300 million sports franchise, and now it's worth a billion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they've also made a lot of money along the way. Right. So mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, a, it's the same thing. So scale it down to your business. Think of along those terms to say, look, I, what if I found a business that made the same amount of income or more than I'm making now, and I've built that value and in 10, 15 years or five, 10, 15 years, I sold it. What's mm -hmm. how much, what chunk of money is that coming back to me? So, I mean, Jerry, you and I have talked about that before, you know, David, you're right, because another thing that people forget is the business is paid off by income from the business. Mm -hmm. So that's like triple dipping by the time you get done, right? You have an income, you mm -hmm. have an asset at the end of the rainbow, and that asset was purchased with money that was generated by it. It wasn't like you took that out of your pocket, although the whole business is your pocket to some extent, but you're still taking a salary, you're getting the benefits of you know, perhaps a company vehicle and, you know, going to mm -hmm. conventions and all those other kinds of things that turn into mini vacations. And almost all of that is written off as a part of the business. So, you know, it's way beyond what you think you will make out of that business as a, as yeah. a salary, if you will, because there's so many other benefits that go with it. And we haven't even talked about running your own schedule because right. once yeah. a business oh, is yeah. stable mm -hmm. and you've got people managing it and things like that, you pick and choose when you need to be there and to a, to a large extent. So you have a much more flexible schedule. And literally I just shared something today with Kristen, who I think we'll talk about in the future, but it was a, it was a meme that showed that uh, in the past, we all looked at our value to some extent by a 50, 50 split salary and title, right? Yeah. Are you a vice president of something and how much do you make? Right. Right. And, and now, especially now with the great resignation going on and people looking to get into business, franchising fits right into that because it's sure a does. lifestyle choice to some extent. So, you know, we're looking for mental health and physical well-being and some time, free time and things like that. We want to have, uh, uh, you know, some uh, almost a job title as being the entrepreneur or the owner or the franchisee or something like that. And all of those things are a part of franchising. So it is, in my opinion the best landing place for somebody that wants to change their lives by getting out of, you know, a job or corporate America and looking for what the rest of their life looks like, because it is, well, there's people like us, all of us on this call, right? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what I was getting into. I knew nothing about hair. Now we've got 36 salons. My kids run it. Uh, I'm advising people all over the country on how to make it successful and make it better. At just as David is in his group and Ray helps people and so on. And when we started these journeys, we didn't know anything about the thing we're doing. And now we're the experts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fantastic point. One, one of the things you said, Jerry, remind me you're talking about all the, uh, the things, you know, tax wise that people don't realize is that, especially in the beginning, 
you have people think of, oh, there's you in the business. Not really. You are the business. You're integrally part of it. So everything you do, everything you say, all your thinking all day long, whatever you eat, drink and sleep, you're thinking about the business because that's part of you. So yeah, the tax write-offs are nice, but that's your reward for, for, for working, you know, uh, seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, as we circle back to fear a little bit, which is kind of this whole thing that started when you're thinking about going into a franchise and you're checking those boxes to lower your fear level, mm-hmm. once you decide on what kind of franchise you're looking at, you're going to get an FDD or a franchise disclosure document. And in that document, there are all kinds of pieces of information that should continue to lower your fear level. Mm-hmm. So in the FDD, you're going to have you're going to have the failure rate of that particular franchise. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that and extrapolate and figure out if it is a good investment for you personally or not. They have to list any times they've been sued, the franchisor. Mm-hmm. So you have a chance to see if they've got very many unhappy franchisees out there, which right. helps you make a decision as to whether you're comfortable with that and lower your fear rate. Mm-hmm. They break it down into all the financial stuff so you can see the quartiles versus of revenue and profits and costs and things like that Mm -hmm. so you can see if you just look at the second quartile or even where the second and third quartile meet which is kind of average you can extrapolate that from that and decide if that lowers your fear level which it really should i am an overachiever and Mm -hmm. i still look at where the second and third quartile meet because Mm -hmm. worst case worst case if my pro forma looks like i can be successful at that rate Everything else is gravy above that. So if I really push, I do a great job and end up where the first and the second quartile meet, or maybe even above that, we'll be doing really well. So this whole fear thing, you know, when it comes to franchising in particular, there's a lot of ways to quantify that and ease it, make it go away and things like that. There are great, great valuation models. If you buy a new franchise, you've got the FDD that helps take a look at all those things. If you buy an existing franchise, there are valuation models based on generally profitability. Uh, and if you could buy a business that's making X amount of net profit per year and through and have a salary and through that net profit, pay it off in three or four years with the plan to own it for 10 or 15 or 20 years, how could you not make that decision? You know? Right. It becomes very logical at that point. Right. And, and, right. Talking to talking to uh, owners of that particular franchise you're thinking about is extremely important. And you want to talk to not just a couple. I think in my case, I did five, five people who were still in the business and five people who said, ah, this isn't for me because I wanted to find out, well, why isn't it for them? What made them make the decision to drop the franchise? And in my case, I didn't find anybody who said, well, you know what that damn franchise or did no no one said that so that's why yeah. i'm a molly made owner <laughs> but but you and you, you know ray that's a great point because going back to another part of the mindset of fear of someone who's looking to make the leap um can be addressed by that because i remember again going back to my upbringing right money doesn't grow on trees you know it takes money to make money only the rich get ahead all this other stuff so you know that gets put into your mind that oh shoot you know this isn't for me i've I don't even know why I'm on this earth because I'm not one of the chosen ones type of mentality. But when you, when you look at, when you look at this and, and, and going back to what you just said, it just struck a chord with me is 
one of the things I was so intimidated every time I, um, in my job, I, I, I'd have to deal with the business owners, the dealership owners, all these people and go, man, they must be so smart and, and sophisticated in the ways of business and everything else to have these million dollar loans and businesses and all this stuff. And it was intimidating until I got to know them. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'd walk away going, they're not better than me. What are you kidding That's right. me? That's right. And so I don't want to say they were derelicts like I was, but, but I said, well, wait a minute. I'm not as intimidated anymore. And then once I started to understand business and, and other franchisees and other business owners, when you're exploring, that's why I tell everybody, go ahead and explore. It costs nothing to explore. Go ahead to explore. And you're going to start to see some people that you might hold in really high esteem because, because they own 36 great clips. Oh, my gosh. And you're going to talk to him and go, okay, yeah, he, has, he knows what he's doing, but he's a guy just like me. And that's going to give you a level of confidence to start to eliminate some of that fear. I mean, it really was an eye-opening experience for me when I started to get to know and speak with some of these people who I thought were just so beyond what I could ever do with my life and realized they were no different than me, but they were able to follow a system. Mm -hmm. And once they followed the system, they became successful. And the other thing is a lot of people when we hear, they hear the word franchise, they think of McDonald's, they think of all these big franchise, franchisors. There are literally thousands, thousands of franchisors out there. You're doing business with them every day, speaking to, the, to our listeners, and you don't even know their franchises. Yep, yep, that's true, that's true. Well, and David, you bring up a great point, you know, about the guys that are successful in franchising when you finally meet them and you've wanted to emulate them and you discover they're you. You know, they're just further right. along in the continuum than you are uh, because maybe they made the decision earlier or whatever the case might be. They're your, you. But I'll add to that. And then I got a little story to help complement it. Um, when you meet some of these people that are considered successful, you'll also walk away going, how did they become successful? <laughs> Seriously. If it, it's weren't the truth. The, if it weren't for the franchise system, <laughs> they would never have made it. You know, so you walk away going, hey. I'm going to be really good at this, you know, and, and the whole back to before Fred joked with me earlier about, uh, you know, do you need more learning as you continue to get experienced in this? Well, the fact is, even when you've been doing as many years as we all have been doing it, we still make mistakes and we learn from them. And, and I made a doozy recently and it's in an area that I love, which is real estate, you know, choosing real estate, negotiating real estate for franchises. And, uh, you know, I'm with a new brand and uh, I thought I was handling it the way that they had set out and it wasn't. And I got a, I got ahead of my skis for just a minute and made some decisions that had not been approved. And I had to go back and beg forgiveness and go through some hoops to get it all cleaned up. But I, I learned from it and I was able to look at the people in power and say, never again. This will never happen again because A, it was stupid that I did it. B, I lost sleep for a few nights until we got it all fixed up. And see, it makes you look bad, and I hate that. So, <laughs> but no matter you know, how much you, experience, you can have that. Yeah, you know, Jerry, what you said, after you said that in the very beginning of what you just started there, I started thinking, I went, wait a minute. Everything that I just started with and what you just started with, that means I was in that position. And since I was the first franchisee of that chain, 
that means it grew so fast because everyone looked at me and said, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, kind of, that kind of went full circle on me. I'm not so sure I, want, I should have brought that up. <laughs> we, we were talking a little bit about, you know, what does an entrepreneur look like? So I was out visiting. We went to stop and wish a friend of ours a happy birthday. And we stopped and uh, we're talking and they were having some work done on the house. And, and this guy comes out and, and the owner of the house introduces me and my wife. And, she's, and, and he says, oh, by the way, and he owns the Molly Maid franchise in the area. And he looked at me with his eyes big and he says, I see your cars everywhere. Everywhere I go to work, I see your cars. And he says, but you look ordinary. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what am I supposed to look like? That's the perception, right? Yeah, that's the really, perception. Really. I was having a conversation with other, uh, somebody the other day who knows just a little bit about franchising, but not a whole lot. And they asked me how many locations I owned. And I said, well, I own 36 great clips and I'm building the joints and things like that. And they had this, astonished look on their face and when they do that you know your mind's going well what did I say what did I do why are they looking that way and first off number one was they said and get this I didn't even realize anybody could own 36 of something <laughs> which is a big a big question mark in people's mind and then the second thing was I didn't think you could do that Jerry because I know you <laughs> That's just it. And that's just it. And that's why I said, you know, sitting in the place where a lot of our listeners are sitting, we get it. But understand this. Jerry said, Jerry said it earlier in the show. We're just a little bit ahead of you. I mean, we were all in that exact same spot. No special skills, no knowledge in the business that we were in. Um, the same apprehensions, the same fears, the same. I'm not sure. I don't want to get ripped off. Do I trust this person? You know, what's the business model? Look, trust me. You're going to work every day, or some people did, whatever. And, and it's, you, you, it's the same questions you should be asking because you don't know what's going on with that business, right? You go back to Enron, all of a sudden, the whole thing closed and people are sitting on the curb with their, yeah. with their box of stuff from their office, right? So, I mean, all I'm saying is, is we understand that there's going to be apprehension. There's going to be fear. There's going to be those things of, can I do that? So take the steps that you need whether it's in the investigation stage, the pre-opening stage, once you open, take the steps, lean on the people, been there, done that, learn and understand and start putting the odds, stacking those chips, stacking the odds in your favor. Mm -hmm. And that kind of starts to eliminate and you start feeling good about yourself and you're, especially if you're part of a great system. Now I'm part of this system and you, and, and it just feels good, but, but we understand where a lot of you people are, are sitting right now because you're hearing outside noise. You're hearing people say that you that this is dumb, that you're getting, you know, you you know that, that it's too risky. And then you have this other side, you know, that that other, you know, the other one on your shoulder mm -hmm. saying, Are you sure? You know, you don't have the confidence, you've never done this. You what, what makes you think you can do this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's in you, it's in every one of us. It just makes it a lot easier when someone is helping you along the way. When you, when you think about a lot of people go out and buy a lottery ticket, what are, what are your odds? One in 10 million, 80 million? I don't know. They're, they're astronomical. But when you buy a franchise, your uh, chances of success are between 80 and 
And that's a pretty damn good odds in my book. And and I would and I would venture to say that those that ten to twenty percent came from not doing the proper steps, came from the franchisor might not have been doing the proper. That's you know that's where you want a mentor. You want someone to kind of hey you know raise the red flags for you. It's like you said earlier, right? It don't 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 go into it blindly and say oh it's all sunshine and roses. I mean. We want to make sure that everyone who you know is mentored by us is making the most possible, positive, profitable decision they could make. And and we're you know we're not just gonna you know we're we're gonna help you point you know look at the areas that might be you know hidden in the corner so to speak because we've all been there. Well, and I always question, why would you want to make the same mistakes David made or Jerry made or Ray made? Why would you go down that path when you don't have to? Yeah. That's, what, that's why you have mentors, why you have advisors, why you have people that can help guide you because they've either made those mistakes or learned from somebody else that made the mistakes. They're mentors, if you will. So there's no reason to go down that. Mentorship is such a painless way to go to try and learn how to do anything in life, I think, but certainly in franchising because they're readily available. There's, there's people from the other franchisees to people like us that are on a third party type platform. Why would you go down that path? Let us help you miss those potholes, accelerate your growth, make the right decisions, help make your life better in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, if you doubt it, what small business to, I don't know what the numbers are of the GDP, what is 50, over 50% of the Gee, gross domestic product of the country is done by small business owners. That's us. That's you. That's, that's, right. that's right. That, that, that's what it is. This country runs on small business. So for people to be afraid of opening up their own business, be part of that small business, you're, it's what this country runs on. Don't be fooled. Yep. 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 Well, and, and so much of the fear of people thinking about getting into small business or buying a franchise happens because their favorite ice cream shop was only open for one year or two years and they know it's a franchise and they saw another bagel shop down the road and a sub sandwich place that they only were, was only open for a little bit. Those are in the minority folks. And to David's point, the vast majority of them, it comes from two things. Number one, they made the wrong decision with the wrong franchisor. They didn't do their due diligence. Number two, they were smarter than the franchisor and didn't follow the system they just paid for. Yeah, and now yeah. they're paying for it again because they're not they're not going to make it because they didn't yeah. follow a proven system. I, I, I think we've presented well the, the uh, things that are involved in getting in, into a business here. And it's about time for us to wrap it up a little bit. And uh, Perfect. we cert- certainly miss our, our, our female hosts who are off having a good time today and I hope they enjoy it and hopefully they're listening to this and uh, kudos to them and maybe they'll come back refreshed (laughs) so take us away Fred we're ready to roll out of here